And welcome, everybody, to another Winning Wednesday here on the Heat Ratio Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at tcotillo23, and joined, as always, by my co-host, John Coker, at PGHJohn36. And today, we always start with a national holiday. Today is National Vanilla Milkshake Day and National Ice Cream Soda Day. I don't know what everybody out there knows about vanilla milkshakes and ice cream sodas, but I haven't had a legitimately good ice cream soda in probably 10 years. Uh, Red Robin does them pretty good. Orange Sherbet. An orange Sherbet ice cream uh, ice cream soda is just phenomenal. I used to do ice cream phenomenal. sodas with, with my, with my uh, grandma. When she would she would watch me, and you know the the fridge was just full of Pepsi's, and like you know, she, Pep, you know the old school Pepsi oh, too. Yeah, yeah. You just go in, you grab a cup, you grab a couple scoops of ice cream, the soda, and rock and roll. That's what summer's about. That's before everybody started talking about sugar and it made your teeth fall out and everything else. Well, that <laughs> believe it or not, my grandma was the first one to have cable TV. Oh with, wow, with MTV. So going over there to watch Remote Control and have my ice cream sodas i'll tell you what that's remote my, control yeah that's about Re- as good as it gets that was a great show remember uh what was the um what was the dating show that was on there it probably came out about maybe four or five years after remote control uh singled out remember singled that's out it, yeah Another yeah. great. Remember when you when we were teenagers and we were young bucks and we would sit there watch MTV, waiting for the MTV spring break to see like the yeah. the, uh, the 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 beach performances. The basically back then it was like who could lip sync the best because nobody really sung anyway. What, what about <laughs> Yo MTV rap? Yo Yo Fab Five Freddy, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. Yo, I was oh, I was yeah. a uh, I was a firm a firm believer. In every, I think it was Friday nights at ten o'clock. It was Yo MTV Raps. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other one on BET was um, Rap City. Had to watch Rap Rap City was on, and then you had that parlayed into MTV going to Total. Uh, it wasn't Total Request Live with Carson Daly. It was before that. They always had the countdown. Yeah. Remember, they always had the countdown at five, the the, the hot five at five, the top five at five or something. But, oh, dude, they were the days, man. I, I rolled, and not to get long-winded, but I rolled right into, I remember me and my mom had this special thing together because my dad would work uh, 3 to 11 shift. So my my dad did, never liked cream chip beef. So it was the only time we were allowed to have it. It's on 3 to 11, right? That's awesome. So when he worked, my mom would cook up the cream chip beef, and we would sit there. We would watch MTV and from 5 to 6. Then we would watch Different Strokes. We would watch Facts of Life. We would watch Who's the Boss. And then there was another. It might have been Mr. Belvedere. But we had that those four hours, or that those two, yeah, two hours, 5 to 7 o'clock, man. And then we roll right into Wheel of Fortune, Family Feud at 7, and Wheel of Fortune at 7.30. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere with Bob Euchre. Belvedere. Bob Euchre. That was and, a great and, show. You know, you know where that was, uh, you know, where they were supposed to be. No, where's that? I believe it was Beaver Falls, which is Pittsburgh. Ah, your hometown. Yes, it is. That was, dude, that, that was classic TV watching right there. Yeah. Classic TV watching. Speaking of TV watching. We're trade watching right now, right? We're we're trade watching. We're we're free agent watching. We're draft watching. Uh, a lot of things going on in Sixer Land. 
Uh, you know, I, I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't think there's any other uh, sport that has rumors like the NBA. The NBA must have, if, if you were a betting man, like if, if there was like a Dow Jones tracker for NBA rumors, it would be just going, it would be going bananas every day because it's just something. Kawhi's been going to 17 different teams. LeBron's been going to 20 different teams. Uh, Chris Paul's going to five different teams. Now Paul George is, is staying in Oklahoma City. You know, Anthony Davis is going to move. I mean, there's so many different pieces of each team's puzzle that need to be solved. Uh, It's really, you can't even keep track of it. Uh, Obviously, the biggest news out of everything is probably Kawhi Leonard uh, not coming to terms to stay in San Antonio and basically saying he's setting his sights on L.A., which I think is a smokescreen. I don't know why you would want to go to L.A. They are the farthest team away from anybody uh, ready to win, especially in the West. I mean, if you went to L.A., you are about seven to eight teams behind the Golden State Warriors. So I don't understand why you would want to go there. I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand everybody says about Magic Johnson. I understand the historic factor of it. But, I mean, you need a lot, a lot, a lot of pieces out there in the Lakers. Not to mention that if you get Kawhi, you're probably trading Lonzo Ball. You're probably trading Kuzma. You're probably trading... Uh, you know, one of your, your, your number one, your first round pickers from either this year or next year. Well, actually, we have theirs from this year, but I mean, so many different things can come into play here. I just don't know why you want to go to L.A. Well, I think every big guy that's coming out, where where are they saying he might go? LeBron to L.A. LeBron, you know what I mean? I, I don't George see it. To L.A. It. You know what I mean? Kawhi Leonard to L.A. That's that's what it is. That's L. It's L. A. I mean, L. A. Is I'm just saying. Live that and is, die in L. A. <laughs> a little too pop. Yeah, but no, but that's, I, it's the biggest I, I market. It. It's the biggest market. Look, they they got a ton of cap space. Correct. I mean, I, it's a uh, it's somewhere that you know they could and probably should go hard. And that, you know, like you said, who do you really want to go there? And I mean. If Lonzo Ball is included in some of those things, you got to, you know, is that the right thing to do? I don't know. Well, they, they're in a very unique situation where they could possibly, and I, I mean, it's more than a 50-50 uh, uh, chance here. If you think about it, and I got I to admit, I never thought about the scenario, right? I was listening to Marks and Reese on WIP, and, you know, they were talking about the, the Celtics, if it was the Celtics, if it was the Sixers and it was the Lakers, who could offer more in a package for Kawhi Leonard? And like Reese said, it's the Lakers. And I said, when he said that, I said, this guy's crazy. How could it be the Lakers? Well, he made a good point. You know, he said, think about it. If you're Boston, right? If you're Boston and you're developing a package for Kawhi, you're not including Jalen Brown. You're not including Jason Tatum. If you're the Sixers, you're not including Ben Simmons. You're not including Joel Embiid. That being said, the best talent left could be offered only by the Lakers. So the Lakers could say, hey, listen, we're going to blow this whole thing up. Okay? LeVar Ball, I'm tired of the annex. Take your son. See you in San Antonio. Kuzma, go to San Antonio. Okay? They could basically say, you could take all our young guys. And we're just going to rebuild with LeBron, 
Kawhi, and maybe even Paul George. And be, that would be it would be sick, and that's it would be, and, and it could happen. That's what the NBA is. It's hey, if you want to put up the money, you know what I mean. You want to bring the ta- trades can be made. You know what I mean. It's not so much. I mean, football has has grown in how much trades have been made, like especially over the past two years. But you look at the past five before. You know what I mean. This year, there's really not a whole lot of trades. NBA, man, it anything can happen. You know what I mean. Guys will open up the pocketbooks. Release guys, sign guys. Look, I'm making a splash. I'm under the cap. I'll get rid of my young talent. I mean, look what the Heat did years ago when they when they originally got LeBron. Yeah, the decision. Right. I mean, the there's decision. Just, and, and when you have guys, and I'm, I, it's, I'm not saying that it's collusion by any means, but it's like you have you have all, all these guys sitting around waiting to see. Well, let me see what this dude does. Well, maybe I want to go play with them. Well, they're talking now. Right, it, they're right. talking. They're all talking. You know that. But it's, but it's really not so much. I mean, it's one thing if you got wh- whoever trying to get uh what's his face? Bryant. You know what I mean? Des Bryant. Okay, I get it. You're going after like one guy's trying to get one guy to come to the place. This is like like I said, there's a bunch of them that say, well, hold on, wait, if you're going there, maybe I'll go there. They got enough money to dish out. How are we going to work out these contracts? And it happens. That's the difference. It happens in the NBA. It doesn't really happen in other spots where, you know what I mean, other sports where you're going to, you know, you're not going to fork out a bunch of cash for three main guys that are all coming and hitting the market at the same time. It just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And the the, the biggest wild card in this whole thing is is Popovich. And the reason why I say that is, just th- think about your think about your Popovich, right? So, you have this Spurs team, this you know this uh, illustrious franchise that has won multiple championships. You're you're heralded as probably the best, if not the second best coach in the NBA, and basically your star player uh, wants to go somewhere else. Uh, you know you 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 lost Duncan. Okay, you didn't you don't have him anymore. Uh, you know, last year, a year before. I mean, you're basically looking at this team as a rebuild. Uh, especially if you do this trade with the Lakers. You're starting over with a guy like Brandon Ingram, a guy like, you know, LeVar uh, not LeVar Lonzo Ball, and a guy like Kuzma. So, you're you, switching shoes with the Lakers is what you do. But why would you if you're Pop, you don't want to do that. I agree. He doesn't want to rebuild. So that's the wild card in this thing. So that's why I, I kind of think that at the end of the day, that's not where Kawhi ends up. Uh, I just hope that wild card coming out is in Boston. That's my biggest fear. But I mean, we you know we asked this you know this week uh, whether it be uh, you know through through us talking social media wise, through us talking through text message. And what would you rather have? I mean, if you had one opportunity and you had one shot, that's it. And you said, I can get Kawhi. Or I can get LeBron. You can only have one. Obviously, you need to trade for Kawhi, and you sign LeBron. But you can only have one. Who you rolling with? Are you rolling with the 27-year-old Kawhi Leonard who has had injury issues over the past couple years but basically is the best two-way player in the NBA? Or do you lean towards King James, who you know is going to come here? You know, If we're talking about Philadelphia, and basically you're, you're instantly in the NBA Finals. For at least the next two years. I mean, which way do you roll? I mean, I like Kawhi better as a player because I like a more complete player and someone that's not, you know, uh, 
James doesn't, LeBron doesn't have a lot of antics per se. You know what I mean? But he knows he's good. He knows he could go where he wants. He kind of, you know what I mean? He, he makes his own golden brick road, wherever that may be. Golden uh, brick road. Yeah, he makes it up. You know what I mean? He's walking. He's laying golden bricks down on his way to Miami. <laughs> and then he follows it back up to Cleveland again. I mean, he kind of. But I, I'm going with LeBron because all you do is make the conference championships. You know what I mean? I agree. I'm sorry. You got, you got to. I mean, when you're talking about one of the greatest of all time, which I'm not, I'm not saying the greatest. I'm just saying it, it, it's very well known that he's one of the best of all time. All right, whatever. Call him top ten at worst. You know what I mean? Still, that's a guy when he's still making the conference, you know what I mean, championships every year. That's a guy I want. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm taking LeBron, and I know this is draft week. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't follow the NBA draft that much, uh, only because it's such a crapshoot. It really is. I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you, you you know, you go through all these workouts and you hear about these players. Next thing you know, number one pick is like, you know, John J.J. from, you know, Fr- France, who you never seen play, and he's going to well, play that, overseas. That must be J.J.'s uh, yeah. cousin. <laughs> yeah, I just threw yeah, that name that, out there. That was but, really close. You're but not, that's what happens. In Philadelphia, uh, are you? <laughs> that, I mean, that, that's a, you, you don't know who these guys are. I mean, you know, Von, you know, Von Maker, you know, from Milwaukee when he got drafted. I mean, these guys come out of nowhere. I mean, you really have to. That has to be your expertise. And for people to follow me and people to know me, it's not my expertise. I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not ashamed by saying that. Uh, obviously, the Sixers sit good at number ten and twenty-six. We'll see what they do. You know, the word is they've been talking about maybe trying to move up to a top five pick. Uh, you know, I, I know they like they, they like Porter Jr. and I know he's dropping a little bit. I know they like Bridges. Uh, I, I, you know, here's here's the interesting thing. If you look at the mock drafts, they could they could quite possibly if they sat at ten and twenty six, they could put quite possibly get you know D Vincenzo at twenty six and Bridges at ten, which they get the Villanova connection. My only problem with that is Villanova players do not translate great into you know translate that well into the NBA uh so I I don't know if I want to roll the dice on two uh Villanova players I you know one you take a shot with but I don't know if I I, I go two but either way uh you know the, the Sixers have pieces that they could continue to build with I just I'm just not sure how this draft is going to go I haven't even tried to follow it you know, because it, it's always all over the place, and these players don't have a huge background all the time, and you barely see them for the next two to three years anyway. So I basically kind of just wait and see. I take that approach and then analyze that way. But uh, oh, all even, in all, it's going to be fun. And even once you get down to number 10, I mean, look look at the NFL drafts. It doesn't matter if you're drafting number 10 and you say, oh, these six teams need a quarterback ahead of me, so I know there's six quarterbacks going or whatever, three running backs or offensive tackles, call it what you want. And then what what ends up happening, there's four trades that happen before pick 10 that completely changes the landscape. You're banking on, oh, you know, absolutely. number 7, 8, 9. Oh, no, you know what I mean? Who is, such and such isn't taking this guy. They don't need this position. And what happens? They trade the pick. Somebody sneaks up. And then, you know, you're sitting at 10 and you don't know. I don't know. Me personally, I, if there's any avenue for them to make a move, moving them draft picks, you do it to get one of the big guys that are coming up. Oh, I agree. 
I'm just I'm just not 100% sure who that big guy is, you know? I don't know either, but with Simmons and Bede and Fultz and you're looking at all this and you're sitting there with 10 and 26, I mean, yeah, you know, you said Bridges and DiVincenzo. Like, they're, okay, that's good. What are you going to do with five, you know what I mean, guys in their first two years? I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, obviously you always want to create a dynasty, but there got to be some balance. Man, we need – you need a little bit of leadership. You need that splash. And I'm just saying, if it takes one of those draft picks, like you said, you know what I mean? You don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know who's going to turn out. That's like, you know what I mean? It literally is a lottery ticket. I'll trade in that lottery ticket if I know that I could lock down a guy that I want to help the team. No, I agree. I mean, if you could do two for one and you get one main guy, you know, by all means. But, I mean, there has been over the years – you know, there, there has been some picks that, you know, later on in the draft that have worked out well. I mean, you know, it, it is a crapshoot, though. Uh, and the reason why I mention this is because one of them guys is Dennis Robin, okay? And I bring him up. You know, he was 27th overall, 1986 draft. The worm. The worm. Okay, the reason why I bring him up is because, obviously, the Golden State Warriors went win the title back-to-back, you know, all that. And everybody starts talking about it as the beginning of a dynasty. And, you know, the, the Bulls team keeps coming up, right? The Bulls, the, the first team, you know, the 91, 92, 93 team, okay? Then is it, you know, the you know the 96 team, the 97 team. And the reason why this all comes up, it's like they want to compare dynasties. And to me, there's no comparison, okay? Uh, the reason why I bring Robin up is because I think, like, if you take those and, – and listen, there was a multitude of players on those Bulls teams, okay? So I don't think you can just take one year. You you just take the, the – let's go 96, okay? You take that 96 Bulls team and you put that up against the Golden State Warriors team. Who do you think comes out on top? Now, a lot of people would say it's the Warriors because the Bulls cannot score the amount of points as the Warriors. But I think people are forgetting one specific thing. And that is the Bulls were one of the best defensive teams in all of basketball in those years. They had guys like the Worm, who I don't care what anybody says, I've never seen another player. I mean, he was 6'10", okay? But, you know, when you go up against a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, one-on-one, okay, and you hold your own against this guy, there's something to be said about that. And that's what he did. Scottie Pippen was an all-around defender. Okay, Michael Jordan made the all-defensive team. They had defensive guys on that team, so look what happened. Pippen was a better defender than Jordan. Oh, he definitely was. Scottie Pippen was definitely a defender. But but I'm just saying, Jordan made all-NBA team. I mean, all-defensive team as well. But what I'm saying is that, you know, look at that Houston series against the Warriors. Okay, the Warriors got held to 90 points or less in one of those games. Okay, and it was because of defense. Okay, it was because of defense. So don't tell me that the Warriors were just coming. Listen, it's a different style of basketball as well. Okay, you didn't have guys just running up, holding the ball, counting down, and shooting a three, okay, 10 feet beyond the three point line. That's not how basketball was played back then. Okay, so yes, it is a different game. But I think. All in all, it would be a really, really good matchup. And I don't think either team will blow one another away. I really don't. 
yeah, it would be fun to watch. It would be. It'd be one of those I, like if you play like the the uh, the video games and you could play like the different the different year teams. That would be yeah. a great matchup, man. I would love to do well, that. See, the problem is Rodman can't get twenty rebounds if all Curry shots go in. That's a bit. That's that is. Problem. Oh, that's a good point because he was a rebounding oh, machine. If you missed a shot, forget it. He got it. You know what I mean? But the thing is that you know people forget the Bulls can score too, and it wasn't just Jordan. Okay, Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was one of the 50 greatest NBA players. Okay, when they announced that, 1 through 50. He averaged 18.2 points in the playoffs. Okay, this guy was no joke. And let's not forget Tony Kukoc. And I know people, ah, oh, Tony, Tony Kukoc could ball, dude. He could shoot. Okay, just like Mano Ginobili did for those Spurs championship teams, it's the same thing Tony Kukoc did. Okay, and he drove, and he had that nice, sweet touch. He could play. Yeah, and they had a lot of good role players on that team. Well, then that's what it is, because you really only—I mean, you're talking—he's—he's he's your number four. Yeah, you know what I mean, because you already got Jordan and Pippen, and even when it wasn't uh, Rodman, what they—they they had Horace Grant back in. Horace Grant. Do you know what I mean? So with the I'm goggles, gonna, right? So, but again, take Horace Grant off of that team. And, you know, when he signed that big money deal in Orlando, right. he wasn't that good. Right. Because he wasn't part of a he wasn't part of a nucleus. Well, you, you had to go out and respect the shots of Pippen and Jordan. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but like I mean when, when 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 Grant you know, when you sign a guy, take a guy like, you know, who was the guy that went to the Mavericks? Um, Harrison Barnes. So Harrison Barnes plays a vital role with Golden State. And then he's the first guy to go off and get big money. Well, they're paying him big money to be the man. He's really not the man now, right. you know, because he, yeah. he, you know, he he was a part of a great team. Okay, and that and that happens a lot, all the time, all the time. I mean, especially football. I mean, Larry was it, Larry Brown. I mean, think about how many guys who oh, was it? Larry Brown Larry was stealing Brown. money, yeah, exactly stealing money. He's not a, who was the? There was a, a defensive back for the Cardinals that's that did it too. I know he went to the Cardinals. There was another one. There, yeah, it's you know what I mean. That's what you do. You're on a good team, and I mean, this is I in all reality, it this is hitting the Eagles now. You're getting you're getting role players, and I'm not just role players, but you got good players. You know what I mean? You got Curry. Like, look, this guy's they're they're going to other teams. You know what I mean? And they're I'm not saying they're a role player better than a role player, but you're signing them to do something that they're not. Are you talking about Vinny Curry? Yeah, yeah, he went with Tampa Bay, I think. Yeah. right. So you and, know, and, is he going to be the man? Right. Do you? Re- I mean, do you probably really? not? Right. Exactly. He was a rotational it, player. Exactly, and that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? You have these guys. You're on a great team. You think I'm going to go get paid? People pay you to do what you what they think you're going to do. But hey, when you're on them teams that are just kind of made for a championship, it doesn't. When everything comes together, it doesn't necessarily mean that's what the player is. Speaking of good teams. Uh, what about our Philadelphia Phillies? And, I, and before we get started, and I know what people are going to say out there. And people are going to say, oh, you know, they're driving me nuts, and they are. Listen, they are driving me crazy, okay? If you're a nail-biter, you probably have no no cuticles left because you gnawed them all off, okay? If, you know, you're a guy who likes, you know, practical baseball, you can't watch the Phillies, okay? But all in all, the funny thing is, 
They are 23-12 and 12 at home. They have the best home record in the National League. They're leading the wild card in number one spot. Okay? And no one is showing up at stadium. And I think, you know, I'm trying to see. Listen, Gabe is the most annoying human being I've ever listened to. Okay? I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, and, and I know, hey, Kevin, if you're listening to me out there, I know you said he wouldn't last the season. Okay, you put some money on it. He is going to last the season, Kev. Okay, he is going to last the season. But the thing is, I don't want to hear him talk. He needs to really cut everything short because I, I, I can't believe anything he says. He's robotic. Okay, he's overly optimistic. Okay, he's almost like a fan. He's not a manager. He's like he's like the, the hot dog guy in Citizens Bank Park that we pulled out of the vendor's booth and we put him in the clubhouse and he basically becomes a cheerleader because that's it seems like that's all this guy does. Okay? The the, the you know, some of the, the mistakes he makes and the decisions he makes are mind boggling, okay? And I understand it's analytics, but at the end, there's still we, we agreed on this before. There still needs to be a mix. It can't be all analytics, okay? But that being said, again, to go back to the top here, the Phillies are only three and a half games out of first place. They're number one in the wild card rankings, and still nobody is coming to Citizens Bank Park, even though they have the best home record in the National League. What is that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get maybe you don't like Gabe, and I I get maybe that's not what you like, but you do. Have, I mean, are are they a boring team? Well, no. What I what I believe it is, and when you look at attendance at games, attendance is when you're winning. So the true Philly fans, the true guys, girls, kids that follow the Phillies every day, know their Phillies, know all this. They're still showing up. Who you don't have showing up is a lot of the people that would go when you're on a winning streak and a run. The the I guess good or bad thing, the the people that are at the game, they know that there's a special young team, an up and coming team that's coming. All right. So the only people that aren't there are the ones that don't follow baseball as much. Because I really believe that they got a solid core. They're coming up with, and this is this is to me one of the most exciting times. I mean, yes, you always want yeah playoff baseball and yes run and stuff, but to see like young players come together and see how the pieces start to fit, and when you're just one piece away, that's excitement. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of it is just past couple seasons haven't been good. I mean, think back, you know, six years ago. How many people had partial season ticket packages? Wow, man. 13-game plan. I I had one. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? And that was so many people, and that's exactly what has happened. Everybody, after the World Series and the Utley and the Howard and the Rollins kind of fell apart, everybody's like, I'm not spending money on a 13-game pack or whatever game pack. And I think that's why the attendance went down. And now you don't have to. You get whatever you want. I, I got tickets for the Brewers game on Saturday. I guess it was two Saturdays ago or whatever. I got them online four days ahead of time. I was in the right field four rows up. Yeah, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. I do. But my problem is 
We've gone through. Listen, I could see, and I'm going to throw some crazy names out there, okay? But I could see if we were living back in the times where we weren't, we had no, no desire to win, okay? When you were throwing guys like Paul Abbott out there, okay? When you were throwing guys, uh, oh my God, Adam Eaton, okay? Just to name a couple, it's a couple stiffs that we had back during that time, okay? I could understand that, but you have guys that are supposed to be, you know, J.P. Crawford, the Scott Kingray, Reese Hoskins, Odubel Herrera, Adam Altier, Aaron Nola, uh, Pavetta. I mean, you know, Sir, Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, Jorge Alfaro. Okay, these are guys that are supposed to be your building blocks for the future. Okay, and this is when you're supposed to go support them and to know that these guys are actually winning at home. It's just, it's mind-boggling to me, especially because, like you said, tickets are at will. You can get tickets 50% off of face value and go to the game, and people still aren't showing up. And it just, you know, I don't know what it, if it, what the message is. I don't know what it is because I understand this is a football town. We, we all agree. And, and, and for a little bit in 2008 and 2009, I still think this turned into kind of, you know, the, the bar went a little bit above football into a Phillies town. It really did. Okay. But now that bar has completely been diminished. Okay. We're 100% an Eagles town. But my thing is during this offseason of Eagles football, okay, the end of the Sixers, the end of the Flyers, all you have is the Phillies. And when they were a bad product, I understood it. But now that they're a good product, I still don't understand why bots aren't in the seats. How many games have you been to this year? Three. You've been to three? Three games. Oh, very good. So support the team. Three games. Of course. Oh, I, I go to a lot of minor league I, games, too. Uh, uh, I go to Reading. I go to Lehigh Valley. Uh, I you know I I go to Lakewood. I, I think it's fun. I just want to my boy my boys love it. Uh, I, it's a great experience. I want to go up to New Hampshire. New wanna, Hampshire. Yeah, I want to see all the young one, all all the young, uh, all the young Hall of Famer kids coming. Well, Co nine, Bichette, Vlad, they're all in the same uh, same minors, man. Are they really all on yeah. the same team? Yeah. Well, wow. no, I shouldn't say. Conine's not. He just got drafted. Conine. He's not up there yet. Jeff Conine. Yeah. Wow, there's a blast in the past. Yeah. yeah he played for Gr us at one Gr towards Griffin, the end of his career, yeah, right? Gr Griffin Conine, he was drafted number 52 wow. by Toronto. Did Conine win a ring with the Marlins? I believe so. Wow. Yeah. Wait, who was – And they and they got they got Kevin Biggio, they got Bo Bichette, and Vlad Jr. Check that out. So you want, who, if you want to talk about pedigree, I'm just saying. Like, if you want to go to a game, could you imagine like going to that game and seeing all four of their dads? Oh, the I'm sure. I'm sure they're there. You know what I mean, they're like, definitely imagine, there. That's crazy. And if anybody's seen Vlad Jr., he's the epitome of Vlad Senior. No, ain't nobody seen him because uh, he was on the L. But <laughs> uh, yes, but no, he was he was beasting. beasting. He uh, he is he he is man. He he is a beast. I mean, he really is. Um, but hey, listen. I, like I said, I I just say, if if you if you like baseball, this is a time get behind the team. Uh, you know, as much as you may be annoyed by Gabe, I really think 
that you know the Phillies are trying to put a good product in. and and come come to trade deadline and we'll get into the shows about trade talk. You know, I think they're gonna make some moves. And uh, you know, and one thing before we get off the Phillies is I liked is, you know, obviously they, they optioned Hector Nearest back to Triple A. Right? That's what I was gonna say. I was like the we one knew that was, I liked. We knew that was coming, right? But if you listen to Gabe, who I know is the ultimate optimist, he said, Listen, I want to get this guy consistent for a playoff run. So they're thinking playoffs. They're still thinking playoffs, which I think that should be music to every Philly fan's ears because what that means is they're going to make moves at the trade deadline looking towards September, okay, looking towards meaningful games in September. And that's a big change in Philadelphia than the previous three to four years. So I think that's that, that's definitely a positive step in the right direction. Yeah, Jake Harriet. <laughs> Jake Arrieta needs to uh, put up and and shut up. Put up and shut yeah, up. Yeah, hey Jake, how'd that last outing do? The last outing. How was his last outing? Did anybody did, did anybody come and rip him? Rip him about that? Oh, did, he, did, did no, Kingery he, come out and I, talk about how horrible his pitches were? Not on the team, but there's there's plenty out there doing. Of I course, mean, he's he's been disgusting ever since that whole thing happened. He, I mean, let's see, he's Owens in in June since June. Zero and three, mm. seven nine eight ERA. That that's that's horrific. One six four WHIP. Wow. He had a two one six ERA in April and May. So see, hey Jake, just go out there and pitch, man. Hey, he, just go out there and he, pitch. He's one of them guys. Well, you know what? And this kind of goes to your comments on Gabe and how you hate when he comes out and says. Everything's fine. Playoffs, they're doing great. And then Arietta comes out and does the complete like opposite. You know what I mean? Just like tearing stuff down, playing like crap. I don't know. We gotta we gotta see how that goes. I mean, everybody. You think at at the beginning of the season, everybody was like, when he was a free agent before he even signed with with the Phillies, it was okay. He's a number two, three starter. He was not an ace. That was a consensus. He came on, okay, well, he's kind of the ace because lack of other players. Well, Nola's pitching. And we didn't think Nola, we didn't know Nola would be an ace. Some people did. Well, I didn't think And he would I be. think even preseason, I told you, I said I look at them both as like a one-two. Like, you don't know which you, guy. Yeah, you did say that. I'll give you that. You don't know which guy's going to step up. Neither of them are lights-out ace, but they can both pitch a whole season to be a number two. You, hey, you just hey, need more of it. The ar- the argument could be there that Noel has been the better pitcher. He has been. I mean, the the the, the proof is right in the numbers. I mean, he has. There's no doubt about been it. Been a better pitcher. So, I mean, hey, listen, you know, paid a lot of money for Jake Arrieta. Do I think? I I still think he'll be okay because again, baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay, you signed. Listen, you signed Jake for two reasons. You signed him for to be an anchor at the top of the rotation that could help the young guys understand how to pitch properly, understand how to grow as players. And you signed them to be the guy to start your playoff games in October. Okay? That's what you did. So he's the guy that you want to hand the ball to in September when you're two games out of first place and you're going for the division. Okay? No end for buts about. I don't care what he did in June. Okay, it's what he's doing that 
game. Okay, that's why you brought him in here. And I still feel he is that guy. Okay, and I still feel he will be that guy. Okay, but the best part that came out of this was now you have two guys. You know, you have Nola and Arietta, and I still think you'll have a third guy well, as yeah. well. Well, it, Pavetta pokes his head out every every. Hey, listen, uh, two, that, that, that guy's been amazing. Thank you, Jonathan Applebaum, by the way. He's Pats, here. Yeah. Thanks for hooking it up. He he shows up and he's like this this guy. He, he's he's our number three that we needed. He's our number three, and then he goes out and he gets blown up. Then he comes back and he gets thirteen Ks in a game or whatever. Then he gets you know what I mean. It, I hear it's, you. It's back and forth, but that's why you're a number three. You know what I mean. You don't have that consistency yet. Ah, no. Nah, listen, I completely agree. I mean, and and we you know we could get on a whole talk, a whole talk show based on the bullpen situation. I'm not even going to get into that. Okay, we know what's going on. Uh, you know they 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 obviously want Dominguez to be everything. Okay, if you listen to Gabe talk, he wants them to do seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, uh, because they love this kid. Obviously, he can't. I, I'm a Tommy Hunter guy. I think Tommy Hunter has the stuff. Adam Morgan, please, will somebody just send him away? I am so tired of seeing Adam Morgan. Every time he comes in, he never does anything good ever. Okay, I, I don't care if he's a left-handed dude. I think me or you could go out there and throw left-handed and help them more than Adam Morgan has. Okay, so the relief will get in tune. Okay, but once that gets situated, because we still have to find out what's going on with Nishak. Is he is he going to be able to come back this year? Because that's going to be a big boost if he does. Okay, Nishak can come back. You know, you have Nishak, you have Hunter. Okay, and you know if you have Garcia pitching well. Okay, and you have Sir Anthony. I mean, hey, look, maybe Nearest comes back and gives you a little bit. I don't know. I still think Velasquez belongs in the bullpen. It seems like they're reluctant to do that. But if they can get this relief situation, uh, you know, basically, you know, basically, if they could span this out and they can put this into something successful going forward, I think they can really do some damage when it comes, you know, comes playoff time. Well, they may, they may even need to look at getting some bullpen help. I, I hate mean, bullpen. I hate trading for bullpen pieces. I really do. Hey, because when you're a good team, the way you build your bullpen is through the draft. And, and what I mean by that is you draft guys that go in the minors for two, three years. They develop into decent arms and you bring them up. That's how you develop a bullpen. You're not supposed to be trading prospects for bullpen arms. That, it never works. You know what? And You're right. That is how you develop a bullpen. However... The Washington Nationals, who you're tied with the wild card spot, just went out and got uh, Kelvin Her- what, Herrera. From, okay. Uh, well, that was the Royals closer. Oh, so I you know. You add him to Madsen. You add, you know, what I mean, you add him to the other arms they got in the bullpen. What Kinsler they got in the bullpen. You, I'm just, I'm not saying that the Phillies need to go and add bullpen. I agree with you. You develop the bullpen. You get those starters. They can't do the six innings. They can pitch lights out for an inning or two. That's what you do. You get a couple situational guys. But the big teams that are going and pushing for the title, the Houston Astros are going to do it. Nationals did it, even though the Nationals, they were actually, it must be something with D.C. because they remind me of the Capitals so much where, like, they'll go out and, like, all the expectations are there. And even if they spend money, they still can't yeah. make any noise. I don't know. Hopefully this isn't their year. But, I mean, the bottom line is other teams are going to be making the moves, and you better hope Nishek comes back and things do get stabilized. 
Uh, I completely agree. I completely agree. And speaking of relief, if you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debts, medical bills, and department store debt forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This special program actually wipes clean a portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective. Call for free information and find out more now. 1-800-218-7170. There's no cost or obligation for the information. Don't wait and call 1-800-218-7170. That's 1-800-218-7170. Get your debt problem solved. Call 1-800-218-7170 today. And that brings us into, you know, we talk about debt. Talk about relief. Uh, talk about the heat. Summer. Uh, boys of summer. We talked about the Phillies. Uh, this is barbecue time. And I'm a big I'm a big barbecue guy. And every now and then, you know, we, we like to switch things up a little bit. We'll get back to some sports in a minute. But, you know, I just think this is a perfect time. You know, because John, as we, as we learned a few weeks ago, likes to clean kitchens up and sing Shania Twain. So I'm curious to what... His favorite thing he likes to do. I, I don't know what kind of music he, may, he he listens to while he's cooking and while he's barbecuing. But this is the, the, the best time for barbecue. And I know tonight, I know I, I had some fantastic Montreal chicken uh, seasoning on some chicken breasts with some baked potatoes and some corn uh, all on the grill. Uh, you know, for Father's Day. My wife and my kids got me the special thermometer. Takes a temperature. It's wireless. I can carry it around. Goes into my phone. Lets me know when everything's done. I mean, it, it, it's spectacular. Wonderful, wonderful gift. But I'm a rib guy. Love a good rack of ribs. I don't know about you. One of my favorite, favorite barbecue foods. What do you like to cook? I ribs are probably one of my favorite foods. Smoker or do you, are you well, a smoker no, guy? I'm not a smoker guy. You know, I'm not a smoker. Me neither. I, I have no problem eating. I've had smoked wings before. I do not really like smoked it's, wings. It's, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I don't have a problem. I'll eat. I, I, I like smoked pork. Um, I like my ribs, but I'll tell you, ribs on the grill are not the easiest to do unless you start. You know, boiling them first. That's like chicken. Yeah. You can you, you can do the chicken drumsticks and boil them first. It makes them right. easier to cook. And that's almost like I don't want to say it's cheating. Cheat. I was gonna say it's yeah, kind of cheating. Exactly. You know, I like me personally. I like getting a I like getting a flank steak. All right. Casey Masterpiece makes a Caribbean. Oh. They make a Caribbean jerk marinade, oh, which that I sounds understand. Good. Caribbean jerk. That you think chicken, you think pork. No. This Caribbean jerk marinade on the steak. And then I also heard if you're marinating steak, it's best if you could put it, if you could get it in the refrigerator. Oh, huge. Do it in the refrigerator. In, in a Ziploc in a, bag. In, I do, yes. Oh, it's huge. Bag. Right. And I usually, if I could get it in there for an hour, because I'm not this guy that's 
prepping at 8 a.m. Oh, why not? My marriage. Well, because that's just not what I'm doing. <laughs> Give it an hour. Caribbean jerk marinade, flank steak, piece of cake, cut it against the grain. You're good. That sounds good. And you know what? And that's what I did. The whole, the whole flank steak, I'll get big slabs. I cut every single one against the grain so people aren't getting big hunks of meat and this and that. But I, when I say people, I guess I mean the kids that don't know what they're doing. And they'll <laughs> no, say, this steak's too chewy and all this nonsense. I'm like, look, no, I'm just cutting the steak for everybody. That that way there's no complaints. And that's that's how it goes. Uh, I, lo- I love a good uh, – see, I'm a New York strip guy. I love a big, nice piece of New York strip steak, marinated. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Or, you know, my, one of my favorite things is the pork tenderloin. Love yeah. oh, the pork loin, yeah. Love to cook yeah. the nice pork yes. tenderloin. Got chop so easy. Oh, they are, yeah, man. You they, know what? I oh. usually get the uh, pre uh, pre marinated ones. See, I I can't do it. Oh, I, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I do my own dry rub. I throw it on there. Put a little seasoning salt on there. Cook it. Cut it up. Put some pieces on toothpicks for everybody. They like hors d'oeuvres. Oh, they love it. It's a hit, and that's how I. It's a hit. I won't get. The, I, that's how I have to do my ribs. Ah, if, if, when you do the ribs, yes, those have to be. But the pork loins, man, they're they're too easy when they already come seasoned with the garlic herb or the what you know what I mean. I'm getting I'm, hungry. I'm good. Man. I'm, I'm getting good. hungry. Throw that thing on there real quick. You're good to go. Nah, this all this food talks making me hungry. And speaking of getting hungry, I'm hungry for some football. I'm really hungry for some football. And I, I listen. We're just going to touch a little bit. Uh, just, uh, just two eagle points I'm going to throw out there because I got some huge predictions. And this is going to take us right into some fantasy talk for the last 10 to 15 minutes. But Corey Clement, I'm just going to say this. Bold, bold. Let me just say this. I, I, I opened up my pen oh. to write these down because I can't wait. Bold prediction, okay? Huge, huge season. From CC this year. Huge. I'm talking about, ready for this? Best fantasy season for Eagles running back since Brian Westbrook. Okay? And not only will it be, he will be the lead back next year. Okay? Jay Ajayi, 12 carries. Corey Clement, 12 to 15 carries this year. Okay? And he's going to get the bulk in the passing game. I'm telling you right now, this kid is for real. I've been nothing but studying the film. I've been nothing but reading about him. Listen, this kid's special. Okay, Deuce asked him to drop 10 pounds. He said because he'd be even more elusive. He was he was the one of the best players on the grand stage of them all in the Super Bowl in his rookie year where he went undrafted for no reason at all. And he produced greatly. And I'm telling you now that... Doug Peterson loves this guy. Carson Wentz loves this guy. Okay? And this system will be built around Corey Clement. I'm telling you. And he's going to be the guy. It's You know, it's going to be a guy this year. Not to go right into fantasy talk. But he's going to be that guy who gets drafted super late. Okay? It's going to be like the Kamara and Ingram connection this year. Okay? With Ajaye. And with Clement. And we all knew that Kamar was the better back. Just like Clement's going to be the better back for the Eagles. And I'm telling you now, after this year, ready? He's going to be a top 10 fantasy pick in 2019. I'm telling you. 
I'll tell uh, you, you, you know my predictions. You think I'm crazy. You know, I, I told you about Jerry McKinnon this year. I'll tell you about Corey Clement this year. I know you can't pick Corey Clement in the first or second round. I get all that. I understand that. Listen to what I'm saying, okay? I'm saying you're going to get him late. He's going to have a monster year, and then he's going to be a top 10 pick in 2019. I'm telling you, this kid is for real. In this offense, he will not be able to be stopped. And it's going to be the best thing we've seen since Brian Westbrook. I know you think I'm crazy. You're you're over there laughing, okay? I was getting my hair cut today. I told a couple people in the barbershop, shout out Shawn Michaels, shout out Adam, okay? But I'm just telling you right now, that's my prediction, man. Write it down because we're going to be sitting here a year from now in the offseason getting our fantasy predictions up, okay? And we're going to be like, man, where's that Corey Clement going? Where is he getting drafted? And you're going to look at me and be like, you know what, Tony? You were right. You were right. I got to tell you, you were right. All right, so. <laughs> John. I wasn't even full-blown laughing. Like, I, I, I was just trying to I, digest everything that you were saying. After, you know, the Eagles brought on how many running backs? They got how many miles <clears throat> to feed? They obviously had all these miles last year. Okay. Yep. And none of, I mean, they all got fed, whatever. Here, there, you, you know, all, all my little birdies eat. You know what I mean? All my little eaglets eat. All right, so now we think, or I shouldn't say we, so now Clement's going to get the ball. So um, I, let me ask you this before I get into the big question. So what happens with a Jai if Clement is a top 10 running back? What do you what, mean? So what, This is his last is year. Jai's last year. Okay, but what's he get? Was he getting five carries a game? I mean, how many carries a game? No, do you, he'll get ten and twelve. So you think? Okay, and how many Sproles going to get? Three or four, if he's even on the team. Three or four, if he's on the team. Three or four, ten to twelve, and you said twelve to fifteen. Yes. All right, that's like thirty carries a game on the max, just out of them three. Okay, Pumphrey. Don't we don't exist. even know what Pumphrey is. No, I know right? we haven't known, but that's the same thing. And who are the other two knuckles, knuckleheads they signed? Mike like Matt, Jones, Matt Jones, Terrence West. I mean, you know these these are these are these are mini camp guys. I, I, these are these are training camp guys. I don't guys, disagree right? with you on that. Listen, okay, so wait, wait, no, 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 no go so, ahead. All right, so let so all right, okay. so now we got to kind of carry splits. Yeah. So if he's going to be a top ten back in twenty nineteen, how many yards is he putting up this Just, year? I w- well, I would yes, I would like to know. I'm talking. I don't care rushing, receiving. Give me receptions. Like how how does he score points fantasy wise to be a top ten running back? Like what? Well, you mean no, remember what I'm is? saying? A top ten running back in 2019. Yes. Okay. Yes. How he does that is based on this. Number one, we talked about Jay Ajayi before. Jay Ajayi has not received more than ten to twelve carries in more than three games of his whole career. Okay, he hasn't. Three games. That's it. Look at the stats. Three games. Okay? He's been a workhorse, and that's it in three years. It's not going to change. He will sit a couple games because of his chronic knee condition. Okay? I don't know what Darren Sproles is. I hope he is healthy and he's ready to contribute because I think he's a difference maker. But he's going to be put in certain packages. Okay? We all know the only reason why Darren Sproles had a huge role was because of injury or because guys couldn't hack it. Okay, Corey Clement showed that he's a reliable receiver outside of the backfield. He could pick up a blitz, and he could run between the tackles. 
Okay? There are three things that not a lot of running backs can do. You remember the Brian Westbrook years, right? You remember before he was the guy, we always had three running backs here, man. Always. Okay? Do, do we forget Carell Buckholder? Do we forget that guy? Do we forget the guy? <laughs> you want to. Uh, well, I'm just saying, you can't forget that he was stealing carries before they decide to hand the ball to Brian and say, you're the man. Listen, Corey Clement will insert himself week after week as the better back. I'm telling you. Okay, that's what's going to happen. And, I, I, you know, you, you want to ask about numbers, dude? I don't know. Okay? I don't know. Is it out of the realm to say that he rushes for, I don't know, this year, seven to 800 yards? Rushes for about six touchdowns and also catches about thirty to forty balls for another five to six hundred yards. I don't think that's out of the question. And guess what? If you mean to tell me in his second year he could do that, what do you think the third year is going to be? Just like Brian Westbrook, I'm telling you, I see it. I have a gut feeling. Uh, you know, every, people can laugh, people can say I'm crazy, but I'm sticking to it, man. I'm telling you, this kid is special. Okay, he, you know, you see him. And I, I laugh because every time I say body language, I think of Sean Brace grabbing the microphone and blowing it into my ear. But I just, the body language about this guy just breathes success to me. He seems like he gets it, okay? He had a chip on his shoulder. He was mad that he wasn't drafted. He did everything here the right way, and all he did was succeed. And now he's living it up. He's loving life. He won a Super Bowl championship, made one of the best catches we'll ever remember in Eagles history, and now he has a chance to show I'm the man because I know Jay's not getting signed, okay? I know Jay Ajayi will not be in the Eagles uniform in 2019, so I know I'm the man. So they want to see me. They want to see what I have to do. They want to see can Corey carry the rock, okay? Do you think it's a coincidence that they signed Matt Jones to a two-year deal? No. Okay? Do you think that's a coincidence? Uh-uh. Because they say, you know what? If Matt Jones can turn the corner, guess who's going to be Corey Clement's backup in 2019? Matt Jones. Okay? So then you're going to have a, a Corey Clement, a Matt Jones, and maybe a Josh Adams. Okay? If he depend, you know, if, if he projects to be just like another success story out of Notre Dame like Corey Clement was. Who knows? Okay? But at the end of the day, this is what I believe. And I think you're going to see a play out on the field. Yeah, I don't know. I was hoping I was going to see that play out on the field this year when when they traded for Ajay. And Ajay, I understand you said that he has not been a workhorse back no. for three. I understand that. However, he has put up Pro Bowl seasons in Miami with a team that was nowhere near the caliber of the Philadelphia Eagles. You go and make a trade for a guy. And you bring him in when you've already been to a Pro Bowl and you give him 10 carries a game? Why is that? My point is, why is that going to change? If you're going out and getting a Pro Bowler, uh, you talk about Westbrook, which absolutely, you're 100% correct. Yes, there's a bunch of guys, Westbrook came in. The problem is, that was many years ago back when the 300 carry backs were kind of hanging around and this and that. It doesn't happen anymore. There's not guys that are toting this load like they used to, unless you're a Zeke Elliott, a David Johnson. So what happened in New Orleans then? You had two guys who were Pro Bowl running backs. So what, that can't happen in Philadelphia? Yes, it can. 
I don't okay. see Philadelphia. Hey, I'll tell you this right now. Going into last year, I would have said never in a million years would they do that. So, I mean, I'll tell you right now. If, if you would have asked me the right question last year, I would have been completely wrong. Because that New Orleans offense with Drew Brees, you cannot have two guys coexist to put up the numbers that they did. They did. Two words, Sean Payton. Well, that's fine. Offensive genius. My point is, I don't see it happening. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I don't see, especially, even if, you know what? Look, Clement may, I, I don't think any of us see, you know, you said that you see him with 12 to 15 carries. All right. This okay. year. Right. And I, I mean, a Jai 10 to 12, whatever. Even if that's flip-flopped and a Jai leaves, it's not realistic to think that he's all of a sudden going to get bumped up to a 15 to 18 carry thing. Why and not? Because Why that's, not? Because that's not the rotation they use. That's not the rotation that any NFL team uses unless you have one of those big big guys. Even Fournette comes up on passing downs for um, okay. what's-his-face Yeldon and this and that. Yeah, I get You're, that, but that doesn't mean that Corey Clement can't have 20 carries. It doesn't I don't expect him to have twenty carries a game. But but how many times did Brian Westbrook have twenty or twenty five carries? Put it this right? way. Right? No, no, answer me that. How many times? I don't Not know. Not that many. I don't know. Because he but was he, an all around back. But exactly, and he was in there for three downs, and that's the difference. The difference not is always, man. Yes, not he, always. Man, no. if a guy if a guy came look, he was not pulled out on third downs for a third down specialist like Sproles to come in. Or Pumphrey, all right? He was in there and he was getting, I'm not saying he was always getting goal line work, but he was getting way more work than the Eagles gave any singular running back, and I don't see him changing. Yeah, but here's the difference, though. Okay, you say, you mentioned, I, I took one thing, you said goal line. Let's remember something, though. Brian Westbrook was so dynamic that you didn't have to worry about goal line work because he scored from the 40. He scored from the 50. He scored from the 30. Okay? There wasn't many 31s from the goal. Okay? Third and goal from the one, I mean, I should say, that Brian Westbrook took into the hole because it just wasn't realistic. It wasn't there. Okay? And there were times when it went down the goal line, and they did take him out. Okay? But what I'm saying is that Corey Clement has the chance to be that explosive kind of back like Westbrook that even on 15 to 18 carries, he can get you a monster fantasy game. He could be a mass producer in this offense. That's what I'm saying. I understand completely what you're saying, the way that the, the NFL has evolved. I get all that. I get the two-back systems. I understand that. But what I'm saying, though, is even with that, Alvin Kamara, even with that, Mark Ingram, those two guys were able to coexist and still get their numbers and still put up big, big-time fantasy seasons. So what I'm saying is I still think that Corey Clement can play that role, and I firmly believe that he will be the number one guy by the end of the year. Okay, he will be that guy they look to for that spark in those big plays. Okay, and it's going to be a, a a picture. Oh, there's Jay Ajayi walking on the sideline. There, oh, it, it's supposed to be Corey Clement's job to lose. I'm telling you, it's coming. That's what I feel, and it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. This is a good thing. Okay, it's a real good thing for e, for for Eagles fans. It's a real good thing for Eagles football. Well, and it all depends how you look at it. Because I'll I'll tell you this, like I mean, you know. 
Alvin Kamara. I mean, is, is he a top ten fantasy pick this year? And I'm yes. Just asking. Okay. One hundred percent. Is that only because Ingram is no. suspended? Okay. So what I'm going to say is, look, this guy catches a crap ton of passes. All right. I don't trust him as a lead back to take on the workload. And I'm going to tell you this additionally. I don't think I think there are very few NFL teams that trust that guy to take a workload because you know we talked about Westbrook and this and that. I mean, it, dude, in his heyday from like, you're, I mean, you're looking at the the bulk of the season, 05 to 08 or whatever. He's averaging let's just say 240 carries a year. All right, and he's busting out about 1200 1200 yards or so. Dude, but he's catching like 50 to 90 balls for five straight years. And that is what Clement is not going to get because I don't think. Oh, no way. Yes, he will. I do not think that the Eagles are going to, when they have a staple with Sproles, they got a Jai, they are not going to put that type of workload on one guy when they have three. And like we said, we don't know what Pumphrey is. Three to four, Mike or Matt Jones, five. Terrence West, six, however many capable guys, I don't see the touches being there week to week. So we'll see how it plays well, out. We'll just agree to disagree on this one. Absolutely. And we'll touch on more of this next week because we're going to have to close this down because we're out of time. Again, leave some, my list is full here of stuff we were supposed to talk about. We never got to. But listen, again, we're going to have a, you know, real fast because we got a roll here. Uh, we're going to have a. Uh, just uh, an all-out fantasy show coming out, fantasy special uh, between me and John in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're going to start promoting it. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll try to get some some of you guys involved, throw some questions out there, throw some picks out there. It's going to be fun. We need uh, the questions. Yeah, we, we need, need them, the man. Questions. We need the we, we, I mean, we, I can make up questions for Tony, but you ain't going to want to hear his yeah, answer. Yeah, you don't want to hear my answers. So, again, look for that. Keep supporting. Download. You know the deal. At the Heat Ratio on Twitter. Oh, and new YouTube page. Okay, go follow our YouTube page. The Heat Ratio on YouTube. You can get the, all our social media formats on that. We'll be posting little you know, highlight reels on there, little videos between me and John. Do some Periscope live shots. Uh, we're going to do some Q&A with, with, with one another. And we're also going to have our podcast on there as well. Again, I'm your host, Tony Cotillo at TCotillo23. And for my co-host, John Coker at PGHJohn36. And you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And we will see you next Wednesday. Take care.